In this episode of Fictional Hangover, we talk about all sexy times, all the sexy time, Hillary Clinton, and ball sacks. In our discussion of Vamps, Fresh Blood by Nicole Arend. <laughs> <laughs> everybody. Welcome to Fictional Hangover, a podcast about young adult and new adult, and sometimes other books, series, authors, voice actors, and illustrators that is full of spoilers. I'm Amanda. And I'm Claire. <laughs> and today we're going to discuss Vamps, Fresh Blood, by Nicole Arend. <laughs> Standard disclaimer. If you haven't read this book, Please remember that Fictional Hangover is all about spoilers. If you haven't read or listened and don't want to be spoiled, stop listening to us and go read or listen to the book. Then come back. If you haven't done this but want to pretend that you have, or if you don't care about spoilers, or if you just like the show so much that you don't care about any of that, then listen up. <laughs> Can I apologize now because I feel like I'm having a daft half hour in my brain? Yeah. Sorry, not sorry. I'm having a daft half hour in my brain. I just... I feel like this episode is going to be, like, doing a service for people. Maybe more so than some of our other ones. Because, like... I don't know. I feel like people will want to read this book, but then also won't want to read it at the same time. Hmm... Mm, I understand. If you were asked or wanted to read a vampire boarding school book, this would not be your first pick. No. But also... It's got something about it. There's something about it. And I can't name what it is. Maybe, as we discuss it, as we do the Maybe summary we'll it out. and talk about it, we might figure it out. Maybe we'll but figure it But it remains out. elusive. It is in the coffin, shall we say. It is. It is still in the coffin. So I have some background information mm-hmm. that I found that led me to do research. So I have, like, double background information today. Ooh. And I cited my sources. Yay! (laughs) Yay! So the first article that I read was from United by Pop, and it's called Nicole Arend Chats Building Her Unique Vampire Hierarchy in Vamps Fresh Blood. So that's not what the title of the article is. is. That's the question that I read. I don't know words. Um, This is what we're going to be talking about right now. That's not even that a question. That's a statement of fact. It's, it's, it's words. It's just words is what it is. It's so just a sentence. That's I just discovered... Statement. No, I don't even think it's... I don't even think it's a sentence. It's just words. So I found these words in, the, in my background. <laughs> just words. 
But she says one of the trickiest parts was working out the vampire hierarchy in vamps and how it would work. I can't give too much away about Dylan's special blood, but the inspiration for that came from finding out about the world's rarest bloods. A blood called golden blood exists for real, and less than 50 people in the entire world have it. So I was like, what? Are you serious? And then I read some more things and I read about RH null mm-hmm. blood. It's the rarest blood type in the world. And it doesn't have any antigens at all, which makes it like the universal donor and it can work for people who have rare blood types already. It can work for anyone. It will work on anyone. And there are only 43 people on Earth that have ever reported having it. And back when it was discovered in the 60s, like, or around that time, the doctors just decided, you know what? If you have a baby and it's going to have this blood type, it's not even going to survive. But it does. And now golden blood is the most delicious blood in the vamps universe apparently (laughs) but i think that's really interesting like i didn't know that that was a real thing and i thought oh that's really cool it's golden blood it's amazing but i didn't uh, and i honestly i kind of thought it was a little stupid sounding Mm. but it's real it's real in the real world and it's not her fault that it's so stupid sounding. Yeah. It was like, oh, Dylan, you're going to have this golden blood. And like, uh, uh, okay. okay. Uh, wh- yeah, why? But like, but, but like, is it gold? No. no. It's just rare. Well, what makes it rare? Like. Hmm. I can only assume that they're drinking actual golden blood from one of these few donors that actually exist in the world. Yeah. You know how I say sometimes you don't need exposition? Like, you don't need to dumb it down for people. But I think this is one of those instances where actually a little bit of exposition would have made it a little bit better. Yeah, like, this is golden blood. It's rare. And then Dylan would be like, oh, why is it so rare? And like, oh, well, because it doesn't, it's a universal blood type. That's good enough. It doesn't, like, any... It saves people's lives, literally. It, it's more it, universal than Oneg, you know? Yeah. Like, the people who have that can also have it. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That would have been, you know, it would have been like half of a sentence that we could have added that would have made Golden Blood. Yeah, I would have appreciated it. Slightly better. Yeah, because then it kind of makes the name sound less dorky. It's just, it's sounds... It still is dorky. It's hugely dorky. But you know it who is. we blame for that? Scientists. Science. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. I wonder who named Golden Blood Golden Blood. I don't know. Probably some dude in the 60s or before or earlier than that. 20s? It could. It sounds like a 20s thing. 1880, the gold rush. Well, it was 1961 a person with golden blood was discovered. 
So it's got to be 60s. I feel like this is a rabbit hole we could... Uh... We could we could dig deep. We could sift through the fake gold and find the real gold if we wanted to. I have access to all the medi- like the, all the major medical databases. I could get this information. Well, you know, if you want to do that research, I could do it right now. It. I've got the credentials. <laughs> no, we don't want to do it right now because we need to talk about this book. But you know, maybe later. Hmm. I'll go to bed instead. I think. Probably. <laughs> You'll forget about it. Oh, probably. Yeah. Depends if yeah. it's open access or not. Yeah. What's the paywalls? Medical journals like their paywalls. I mean, you want me to do some interlibrary loans at the library? We can uh, together. Can we can discover all of this. Oh, we yeah. can do it. We have the skills. We have. The you have. You have easier access than I have, though, since you you do medical things. Do you have golden blood? No. I don't actually know my, what my blood type is. I've forgotten. I don't it was... either. Me too. <laughs> you might have golden blood. I don't have golden blood. No. I have regular boring blood. But I don't remember what kind it is. Yeah. But I know that it's boring. I know mine's regular and boring. It was on the notes. I just don't remember. Yeah, I don't know. Science! <laughs> Science! Yay! Do you... Blood aside, do you have any initial thoughts? The word blood is used a lot in this book. Yeah, you mentioned that because you read this one before I did. And like, I didn't, I, I didn't catch it. It didn't bother me. It didn't stand out to me as much as it did to you, but. It got to the point it was irritating. (laughs) But also I feel like it's necessary because there's not another word that you could say in place of blood. Plasma. No. No, to be no. fair, the title is Vamp's Fresh Blood. Yeah, I and expected, then, but gosh darn, there's a lot of uses of the well, blood. Well, and then blood. every chapter title is also blood. Blood, something blood, something blood, every single one. So I get that. But yeah, I didn't... Blood is important in this book. Yes, but so it's I one of those mind. earworm things where until you is hear it, it, you can't... Yeah. You don't is hear it. Like, it. Is it like Box in the Woods? Box, 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 It, box, it did box, start box. to lose all meaning to me, yes. <laughs> yeah. It, it's like when somebody talks in the third person about themselves, right? And until you notice it, until somebody points out, did you know that such and such talks about, them in the, uh, about themselves in third person, you don't hear it. And then suddenly you hear it and you can't not hear it. What well, It can never be unheard. Again. Who are you then, hanging out with that speaks about themselves in the third person? It was just the weirdest thing, and nobody else heard it. And then I was like, "Do you realize such and such talks about themselves in the third person?" You embarrassed them. You shamed them. No, oh god, no! This was years ago. I didn't, and you could not shame this person. <laughs> it was a delight. It turned from like weirdness to delightful quirk. Hmm. But yeah, it, it was like the word box. It's like this person referring to the third cells in the third person. I could not not hear it. Yeah. And it was just like, it was getting... So you, you like, did you cringe every time they said blood? I this? did, but then I started to go a bit blind to it, like the word box. You were, just you were blood blind? I was blood blind. 
and then yeah. it started up again. It's like this, you know, you know when you keep listening to a, the same song and you love it, you love it, and then suddenly you hate it, and then you can't stand it, and then you love it, and then you can't stand it, and then you, it was like that. Mm, that's how you feel about blood. <sighs> that's how I feel about blood. Okay. Blood. What up, blood? I don't know if I have initial thoughts, like actual pre-reading the book thoughts, because I feel like I didn't really know anything about this book. And, like, we found it a while back, you know, in our never-ending quest for vampire books. Mm. But it just, like, it wasn't like, oh, my God, Vamps is out now, so I have to read it. No. It was kind of planned in, though, with the boarding school theme of the book club mm-hmm. this month. It's so a really it... nice fit because yeah. we we like to read at least a vampire book every time. And so this was just a really, it, it fit in nicely with how we do things. It's convenient. Should conveniently start somewhere. Yeah, I'm gonna. Nine students. Ace, Angelo, Aaron, Asta, Bram, Celeste, Dylan, Jeremiah, and Sade are traveling through the snow to a small town. Most come by expensive cars, a few by snowmobile, some even by helicopter. Dylan arrives by dog sled and snowshoe. <laughs> it is... 1,000% clear he is an outsider. But, according to his da, it's time for him to embrace this other half of his life, even though he knows literally nothing about it. This half of him came from his mother, and he has no idea who she even is. Before leaving him alone with a group of wealthy and entitled 18-year-olds, Dylan's da gives him a necklace that once belonged to his mother. She didn't leave him on purpose, but for his own safety. And this is all he has of hers. Oh, and you know that half of her DNA that makes him a dompier because he's a dompier in the middle of a group of vampires and he has a racing heart and flushed cheeks that everyone else immediately notices. <laughs> Fuck. Mmm, blood. <laughs> <laughs> Not long after arriving and feeling completely the odd man out, the headmistress, Madame Duplage, and Deputy Headmister, Mr. Hunt, of Vamps Academy arrived to take the group the rest of the way to the school. They'll be flying, which is obvious since the teachers arrived as a peregrine falcon and a raven and transformed. The group sorted into flyers who will fly alongside Mr. Hunt and non-flyers who will grasp onto Madame Duplage's cape to travel to the school. Dylan, of course, is a non-flyer, but so are Sade and Angelo, so at least he's not the only one who can't fly. Dylan accidentally lets go of the cape and nearly plummets to his death, but Madame Duplage catches him and they make it to the school. Imagine all that lovely blood all over the hillside. Mm. Oh, it would have been so much blood. Tasty. Blood splatter everywhere. Inside the school, Madame Duplage sends Angelo to find his room, but asks Sade to wait while she and Dylan have a chat. Dylan knows nothing about this school or about vampires at all, but Madame Duplage assures him that his mother, who she obviously knows, must have been very powerful to be able to produce a Dampier child, because that rarely, if ever, happens. Now he's here to learn to master his vampire side. Dismissed, Dylan finds Sade and they go to their rooms, which have sleek coffins inside instead of beds. Along the way, they meet a few other students who arrived separately. 
Cora, Frederick, and later Bick. And then Dylan learns that they're supposed to dress for dinner and a ceremony. Jeremiah, his roommate, is the most gorgeous guy ever and offers to help Dylan find something appropriate to wear. Aaron lends him a suit and they all travel to the induction ceremony. The induction ceremony begins with Madame de Plage telling everyone the rules at advance, which include never leaving the castle alone, never harming or killing a human, never harming or drinking from another student, and telling someone if you develop mind control powers. Okay. Simple enough. Sure. (laughs) Madame de Plage then has blood drawn from each student, perfectly normal for every boarding school, and then makes them drink from her. Okay. Which is that's just super awkward for Dylan, who only literally just found out about his vampire side and who has never drunk blood before. <sighs> Poor Dylan. He watches others drink and finds it <laughs> really sexy, but also really weird. And then when it's his turn, he obviously is surprised at the fangs that pop out of his gums. And then he drinks a little well actually he drinks a lot and it seems madame duplage kind of likes it but then dylan passes out that's not sexy how surprise fangs like what how this is the first time you've ever encountered blood before well that is a question i have and also shirley's had a dental x-ray at some point or like, you know, a dentist has gone. They're a bit pointy. Yeah, I don't know. Well, they're hidden, so there's that. But like, they would show up in an X-ray. Yeah. Upon waking, Dylan finds himself in the school sanatorium with Doctor Meyer, and Cora and Jeremiah are there to check on him. Dylan is embarrassed about passing out, but both Cora and Jeremiah seem to be decent about it, and now they want to spring him from the hospital so they can go to the pool. Everyone else is there and getting acquainted, aka everyone is making out with everyone else. It's so sexy. Constantly. It's just so sexy. Dr. Meyer is hesitant to let Dylan leave since he's just had his first blood and no one knows how he'll react, so Jeremiah and Cora leave. Shade comes by a little later and has such a calming aura around her that Dylan is able to relax and is released from Dr. Meyer's care. Shade takes Dylan to the pool, but they're not really interested in staying until Dylan feels himself wildly attracted to Cora. After some sexy partying that Dylan does not really participate in, he and Shade leave. As they approach their rooms, he gets nervous about sleeping in a coffin. Shade teaches him about coffins and then he climbs in and goes to sleep. <laughs> some sexy partying oh yeah there's so much sexy partying all the time oh well of course in the swiss alps what else do you do drink blood <laughs> dylan wakes with a start freaked out and not able to remember where he is things click back into place enough and then he realizes he woke up because he has to pee so vampires have bathrooms after wandering around for a bit Dylan doesn't find a toilet so he pees into a potted plant and continues wandering around what if he had to poop he would poop in the potted plant it's fertilizer do you think so it's still it's a bit of night soil <laughs> he realizes
realises with his new baby vampire abilities that he doesn't smell great, so he takes a shower. But then Celeste joins in. Dylan nervously covers his junk and is enthralled by Celeste's naked beauty. She informs him that vampires don't care about nudity and they don't stare, so he apologises and leaves. Ace comes in after, Dick presumably back dangling, and joins Celeste in the shower. <gasps> oh, wink, oh, wink, sexy I don't even, shower time. I don't even know if the wink wink is necessary no. here because it's so sexy all the time. Just just take it as given that there are people having sex everywhere. All the time, constantly. Oh, constantly. In sex. the background. Yeah. All the sex. <laughs> Later. All the students will join together to pick the V.E. <laughs> will they now? Will they? They will. They will. They will. The vampire elect of their year. There are three years advanced and everyone at the school will be there to watch this ceremony. Before it begins, the leader of the third years, Mahina, shows them around the school. Cora asks her a bunch of questions about being expelled and if anyone has ever been expelled before. But Mahina says she knows there have been students expelled. And that's the end of the conversation. Back at the choosing ceremony, each year one student will drink a sample of everyone else's blood. Using their vampire instincts, they will decide which sample is the best. And the one with the most votes will be the VE of the year. It sounds legit. <laughs> Listener. Amanda looks so confused by the entire concept. <laughs> Democracy, yay? I don't even know. <laughs> I don't know. No, neither do I. Well, guess who the winner is. Ooh. Ooh, this is our shock face. <laughs> Dylan is the winner. But Bram and Celeste are pissed about it. Well, most everyone finds it odd. But they're the most vocal because Bram is an asshat. They clearly (sighs) thought they would be the best and that Dylan shouldn't even be included because he's a damp hair and doesn't even belong at the school at all. Racist much? Bram is named Deputy VE. But clearly that's just not good enough for him. Madame Duplage, using mind powers, is able to convince Dylan that he is good enough because his mother is a very powerful vampire. But who is she? But pulling a Draco Malfoy, says, his father will hear about this. Petulant child. Before Madame Duplage lets Dylan leave, she requests more of his blood to do testing on because it is clearly very special and or delicious. <laughs> yeah, she's totally necking it. Ugh. After visiting the sanatorium for a blood draw, Dylan rejoins the rest of his classmates at a blood bar that reminds him of a bloody Starbucks. He enters Starbloods, book name, not ours, to overhear several students talking about him and how he shouldn't be there and definitely shouldn't be VE. But he is, so shove it. (laughs) Bram almost convinces him to step down using some compulsion, but Dylan glances at Sade and snaps out of it. Then Bram uses more mind powers to try to hurt Dylan, but Jeremiah steps in to defend him. It's clear that Sade and Jeremiah are on his side, though he can't stop thinking about 
Cora, for whatever reason. Then Asta comes by and kisses him full on the mouth. Oh, it's sexy. She must be on his side, too. Either that, or she's just turned on, and or sexually aggressive, which tends to happen literally all the time at this school. It's a sexy school. It's so sexy all the time. <laughs> Shadia and Dylan leave Starbloods. I love that name, by the way. It's so bad. I love it. It's just perfect. Mwah. Love it. Anywho, Shadia and Dylan leave Starbloods and he tells her about Madame Duplessis taking more of his blood to examine it. So maybe he shouldn't be the VE. But Shadia disagrees and just thinks that his blood must be very special. When Dylan mentions that his mother is apparently some super important vampire, Shadia decides she wants to figure out who his mother is and offers to do her own testing of his blood. They discuss their upcoming classes after that, which include lessons about fighting and defence, controlling their desires and using mind abilities, and extra choices like vampire history and vampire medicine. These classes are so stupid. (laughs) The first class... Well, you know, but they are 18, so it's extra school after their original schooling. It's true. It's surely, like Vampire University, really, isn't it? Yeah. Surely they've all gone to some sort of school. They should have some basic education at this point. Home but to be fair, a lot of them are really rich entitled, so they're probably not brilliant. Probably. And, I mean, most of them don't seem very smart. Anyway, the first class the next day is Combat, Hunt, and Protect. Mr. Hunt talks to the students about why hunting might be important to eat and or take out rogue vampires. And then they begin learning to fight with Borzak, a former human MMA champion who is a turned vampire. And I'm sorry, but I need to just stop right now and talk about the audiobook and how before... Picking this ebook up to summarize it, I thought his name was Balsack. <laughs> I did not. I never. <laughs> never. <laughs> never would have thought that his name was spelled B O R Z A K. I swear, Balsack. 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 <coughs> Balsack. <coughs> His name is Balsack, so... <coughs> you'll forgive me. I think I killed Claire. You'll forgive me if I call oh. him Balsack. <coughs> That's all I heard the entire time. Balsack. <laughs> oh... <sighs> a half flesh (laughs) (laughs) okay back to the summary so they begin learning to fight with Balzac a former (laughs) human MMA champion who is a turned vampire Dylan is put in the ring against Balzac and gets pounded but then he literally starts seeing red when his vampire traits kick in and he fights back getting several good punches in on Balzac before it's someone else's turn to practice. Balzac is impressed 
Is Dylan Luddy's vampire instincts take over? That ballsack is really impressed. <laughs> I'm so glad that was my paragraph. <laughs> is that ball sack gets pounded. <laughs> and then ball sack gets punched. <laughs> uh, I, uh, and then and then ball sack is impressed. I know you're not. I'm not sorry. I, this is hilarious. My stomach is killing. Later in class, they move to a sensory deprivation lesson. In pairs, they're put in completely dark rooms filled with dry ice and are meant to seek the other out and pin them down. First, Bram goes against Aaron and Bram uses his mind powers to attack, but Aaron is able to push through the mind pain and wins the match. Next, Dylan and Cora go in. Somehow, Dylan is able to hear Cora's thoughts and is able to find her and avoid her attacks. They roll around sexually <laughs> and eventually Cora wins. But it is very impressive that Dylan was able to hear her thoughts in the first place, though he decides not to tell anybody about that. His mother must be powerful indeed. Yes, because she's a sexually lady. powerful. Sexually powerful. I think it is. The next class is about desire, and it's taught by Madame Duplege. Dylan almost decides to skip, but Jeremiah convinces him it would be better to go. Madame Duplege talks to them about controlling their desires so they can go on a ski trip later in the school year, and she learns that Angelo is extremely attracted to Dylan's blood. To help him control his craving, she has Angela lick Dylan's neck right there in front of the whole class. It's not inappropriate or awkward at all for anyone. <laughs> After this display, she has the students pair up and imagine their partners as corpses. Cora freaks out and runs from the room. Dylan is already upset, thinking he's never going to be able to be around his da again without wanting to eat him. Madame Duplege assigns homework before the class ends. Each student will have to keep a vial of pure human blood in their room with them all night and not feed until the next day at midnight. If any blood is missing from a student's vial, they'll fail the assignment. Ooh. That homework is not like my homework. Cora is waiting for Dylan after class and takes him to the roof so they can be alone. Sexually, not really. Sexually. She tells him about her brother who was expelled from vamps and is now missing. She misses him terribly and doesn't even know if he's still alive, but she knows that Bram's father has something to do with it, which is why she's dating Bram. Of course. 
They were also they make a good match, but more so the brother thing. Now she wants Dylan's help because he is V.E. Dylan wants Cora and she wants Dylan too, and they almost kiss sexually. But then Cora pulls away. Dylan gets mad because she's using Bram and she's using him, so he leaves. Back in his room, the blood is delivered and both Dylan and Jeremiah struggle with not drinking it. Jeremiah goes to Bick's room, presumably to burn off his desire sexually. And Dylan tries to fall asleep. He's woken by Sade, who alerts him that several parents have arrived to try to get him removed from his position as VE and from the school altogether. Her parents are there, as well as Brahms and Celeste's. Madame Duplage has them all try Dylan's blood, and though they agree it that it is powerful and delicious, they still don't want him at the school. Mr. Hunt is also there, and after the parents leave, he tries to convince Madame Duplage that the parents are right and Dylan doesn't belong. She disagrees. Sade turns to Dylan and decides they need to do their own testing, and soon. When Dylan returns to his room, Jeremiah is still not there, and he struggles again with the bloodlust homework. Dylan goes to Frederick and Aaron's room and finds them, plus Angelo and Asta having a sexy dance party. Frederick offers Dylan some illegal blood that he has, and Asta really tries to push him to drink it, but suddenly Dylan is able to hear her thoughts. She thinks if Dylan drinks illegal blood, she'll have control over him. So he leaves the room. Pacing around and not knowing what to do, Dylan runs into Cora again. They apologise to each other and sit together peacefully. But the next morning, Cora insists that they sneak away from each other so as to not let anyone know they were spending time together. Even as friends. I have so many issues with Cora. I hate Cora. I despise her. In their first class the next day, they learn from a hippie, human-turned-vampire, Professor Sandu, about mingling with humans. Dylan is already used to this, but might struggle more now that he's got bloodlust. At the professor's insistence, Dylan explains that vampires look and act differently than humans, which, duh, and that they'll need to keep their fangs in. But then the teacher explains that all of this is true and that they'll need to be prepared to hide their vampiric traits when they go on the ski trip. Literally, her suggestion is for them to always wear sunglasses. Hey, she pulls worked a for file. Clark Kent, didn't it? <laughs> it did. She pulls out a vial of blood and everybody's fangs shoot out. And then she examines them all closely and realizes that several have had their fangs modified. Jeremiah's are gold, Celeste's have diamonds, and Angelo's are engraved. Professor Sandu tells them about special fang guards that she will have them fitted for before the ski trip. After this, Dylan gets woozy and passes out. He's taken to the sanatorium and then is allowed to take his blood earlier than scheduled and is met by Professor Dukan, who tells him he's working to identify the best blood type for him to drink. He's offered a rare treat, golden blood, which is very pure, unique, expensive, and real in the real world. <laughs> See? Background info. Everyone is jealous, especially Bram, but Dylan feels so amazing he doesn't even care. (laughs) (laughs) 
flying lessons are next, and Dylan feels spectacularly in the vertical wind tunnel. But Churro, the bat-like flying instructor, believes he'll get the hang of it, even though he crashes around several times. Mr. Hunt, who seems to really hate Dylan, and you could possibly even change the H to a different letter, puts him in the horizontal tunnel, even though he's really not ready for it, and forces him to fly with Cora. He does so amazingly well after getting a spark of power from Cora, and together the flight speeds close to 150 miles per hour. Everyone is impressed, though some very reluctantly, and Shardia hugs Dylan, but then she turns away, embarrassed, and leaves. Dylan doesn't understand and feels a strong attraction to her, but then Bran taunts him about flying outside, and Frederick asks him for flying help. When he turns back to Shardia, she's gone. Can you please explain what you meant by changing one letter of hate? Hunt. Oh, you could change his name to Mr. Hate. No? Take the hitch out. Hunt. Eight. Change it. Oh. See, yeah, I was like, I was like, he really, he really wants to mate Dylan. He He might actually. Date Dylan. He wants to. Bait. Bait. He, well, yeah, he does. And he wants to. There was a there Great. was a horrible politician in the UK whose surname was Hunt, but that's not what anybody called him. Oh yeah, yeah, I get it. I was trying to figure out a different letter for hate. I didn't even realize that you were talking about Mister Hunt or Cunt. <clears throat> Where were we? A week or so passes. And Dylan takes private flying lessons with Chiro and gets better, but he struggles with takeoff without the boost he gets from Cora. Bram taunts him, and Asta asks if he wants to practice with her and Ace, but no. Frederick catches Dylan and brings him back to his room. Dylan thinks to offer him illicit blood again, but no. This time, Frederick wants him to gamble. He's got bets going on about who will win the flying challenge that will be happening soon. But Dylan hasn't got any money, so he won't be betting. Dylan calls his father later and finally gets to talk to him after so many other calls have been ignored. The call is short and leaves Dylan upset because it seems his father knows more than he's letting on about Dylan, his mother and school, and implies that Dylan could be in danger but gives no details. That is so Fecking frustrating. frustrating. Oh my god. Well, Dylan, who is obviously frustrated after the call, doesn't notice Shardia's arrival. He asks about what happened after the first flying lessons, but she brushes that off and says they're going to break into Professor Dukan's lab later so she can test his blood. In the next class with Madame Duplege, she reveals that Jeremiah failed his bloodlust homework and tells him he'll have to try again. Then she asks Angelo how he's dealing with his desire for Dylan's blood. He takes a big sniff and seems fine, but then he gets embarrassed when Madame Duplege calls him out for wearing nose plugs. Dylan feels extremely embarrassed and realizes he's feeling Angelo's emotions. Dylan encourages Angelo and believes that he can overcome his desire, which makes Angelo feel much better. After class, Bram taunts Dylan about Cora and offers to trade her for position as VE, which makes Dylan see red, literally. But then they're pulled apart by Mr. Hunt and Madame Duplege, who asks to see them in her office. 
Madame Duplege tries to stop Brown from taunting Dylan so much, but then she tells him that Countess Bibiana Vassiano, one of the most powerful vampires in the world, will be coming to their school to teach a lesson about mind control and international relations and to watch the ice challenge to see if any students might be worthy to join her vampire secret services team. Dylan and Bram will escort her around the school if she needs it. Madame Duplege dismisses them and Dylan finds Cora waiting for him. She asks why he and Bram fought, but he doesn't tell her that Bram offered her to him for the same reason, trying to be the bigger man, presumably. Cora leaves Dylan after telling him he's different, which isn't really a nice thing to say, and he gets mad again because their relationship is so fecking weird. They run into each other later when he's practising flying and he tells her that he's going to talk to the Countess and find out about her brother and the joy she has in learning that gives Dylan the spark he needs to take off and fly on his own. I do not like her. I don't either. Sade texts Dylan after that and tells him she's going to meet him later to break into Duquesne's lab. But while they're in there, they don't find anything useful. Sade offers to send a fresh sample to her sister who studies blood disorders, so she bites into his arm and collects a vial. They separate quickly after that because Sade, who didn't intend to swallow any of Dylan's blood, clearly did, and says it's much stronger than it was before. This causes a problem between them later because Sade is clearly attracted to Dylan and now she's got a bad case of bloodlust just like Angelo. She feels bad because she isn't able to discover anything about his blood. Professor Dukin catches Dylan in between these meetings with Sade to tell him he's got a new blood type and they're going to have extra security around him now just to be safe. Well, that's great. Nothing at all to worry about. It's all okay. It's fine. Everything's fine. Don't worry at all. Nothing at all to worry about. Do you know what else you don't need to worry about? What? The flight trial. Oh. Yeah. It's time for the first real competition of the school. Dylan is panicking because he still can't take off well without thinking of Cora. Ugh. Luckily for him, his part- she is his partner. Mr. Hunt tells all the students the course they are to fly only within the school grounds because no one can enter them without his or Madame Duplege's permission and gives them GPS trackers and tells them they are to stay with their partners. The first team back is the winner. Everyone takes off, except for Dylan, who Cora has to come back and kiss for fuck's sake, and then they take <laughs> off. <sighs> They quickly catch up to Bram and Angelo, who are leading, but then Bram gets mad and speeds up way too much for Angelo to keep up with. He loses control and plummets to the ground. But Bram keeps flying because Bram's a dick. Bram's a dick. Dylan, being the V.E., does the honourable thing and takes off after Angelo to rescue him. They fall out of the school airspace and land on the roof of a small house. People come out to investigate, obviously, and Dylan is able to get Angelo into the woods before anyone sees them, but they both react vampirically to the smell of the human blood. Angelo can't control himself, so Dylan tempts him with his own blood, bearing his neck to lure Angelo back. 
Just as Angelo is about to bite Dylan, Chiro lands next to them and alerts them that a rogue vampire is somewhere nearby and they have to get back to the school as quickly as possible. When they arrive, Mr. Hunt is furious and blames Dylan for everything that happened and tells everyone that Dylan gave Angelo his blood so he needs to be expelled. Mr. Hunt is so frustrating. This is so frustrating to me. Yeah. Yeah, like boiling anger frustration. Yes. Madame Duplage arrives and says that they have no evidence of that and Cora steps in to defend Dylan and Angelo's character. Chiro does too and reports about the rogue vampire and about Dylan's amazing flying abilities and speed. If Bram hadn't flown so dangerously and abandoned his partner, none of this would have happened. So essentially, Dylan is better than Bram. Ha. Bram is pissed, but manages to tell Dylan that they'll be committing the Countess Fasano when she arrives and then teaches Dylan a little about her and about awards they can get after the next challenge, the Ice Challenge, which is coming up soon. After Bram leaves, Dylan is approached by Cora and they kiss. And then she regrets it and Dylan is hurt and we are frustrated and annoyed. (sighs) So bothersome. really is. Classes go on as December arrives and Dylan talks to his dad about Christmas then he and Bram fight over Cora in combat, hunt, and protect, so basically things continue as normal. Madame Duplege and Professor Dukin tell Dylan that they've done more research on his blood, and it's a very, very rare type. It's possible that it's getting so powerful that Dylan will not need to drink blood to survive, but that means things will be more dangerous for him. So Chero and Balsack might keep a closer eye on him. The ball sack really, really close to you. It's looking at you at like, all times. It basically it like sticks to you, like you it know. It does. Yeah. It does. Can't be aired out. When Dylan immediately gets worried, Madame Duplege comforts him. But he got worried on the inside. Did she read his mind? How? She has intuitive powers, and it seems Dylan. Uh, might have these powers as well. According to Madame Duplege, Dylan's mother is one of the best mind-reading vampires around. Ooh. Oh. Professor Ducan and Madame Duplege also tell Dylan that it seems that one of the parents who wants him out of the school has obtained a sample of his blood and that the rogue vampire at the, f- fight, at the flight challenge might have been trying to kidnap him. Does that mean Shardia let him down? Well, we'll find out. Her parents don't want him to be at the school just like Bram and Celeste's. I can't be like Shade. She's decent. Yeah. She's not Cora. No. He goes to see her after this meeting, and she and Bick are excited to tell him the same thing about his blood. Then Jeremiah comes in, and they tell him too, even though both Madame Duplege and Professor Ducan were like, don't tell anyone, okay? <laughs> Dylan trusts Jeremiah with his life after all, and he knows he'd never hurt him. They all want Dylan to believe in himself because they do. And it's a very precious moment. 
it need even more pressure because Cora is not there. Yes, oh, Cora, God. Later, at Star Bloods, while Jeremiah is fueling up for his second round of bloodlust homework, Dylan asks him for information on Countess Vassano and learns that she's like the vampire equivalent of Hillary Clinton. <laughs> <laughs> Fasano, not Hillary Clinton, is very powerful and has a lot of sway in the vampire world and has progressed their kind in unimaginable ways. She's also the head of the Vampire Secret Service. Basically, she's the best, but she's also just like a good person. <laughs> she and Madame Duplage were best friends in school, too, and are still close. Fuel up complete, Dylan and Jeremiah go back to their room, but the bloodlust soon overtakes Jeremiah, and Dylan finds out by reading his mind and emotions. But with his help, Jeremiah passes the assignment this time. Way to go, Jeremiah. Jeremiah was a bobcat. December turns into January. Wait, did you say bobcat? Because the song is bullfrog. No, I, I always sing bobcat because I don't like bullfrogs. Oh, okay. I thought you just, like, misheard the lyrics wildly. Like, no. Claire, no. No. I always sing Bobcat. Okay. That's fine. December turns into January, and Madame Duplege begins teaching them mind powers. She mentions that she is a strong Inuit. Inuit? <laughs> she's a strong Inuit. Inuit. My turn. Hillary Clinton, the most powerful <laughs> Inuit. In the world. Oh God, it's gonna be a long one. <laughs> December turns into January, and Madame Duplege begins teaching about mind powers. She mentions that she is a strong intuit. Intu- I can't even say it now. Intuit. 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 She used a strong intuit and that Countess Bassano was the best at all mind powers. Oh my god, if you like her so much, marry her. But then the students learn that Bram is good at using the brain's electromagnetic pulses against people. That Celeste knows about compulsion and that Jeremiah is good at shielding and could be a bobcat or bullfrog we have not decided. We are not sure just yet. After class, Shardier approaches Dylan about not being able to be near him since she had his blood, and Dylan tries to help her cope, but it's just too much for her. Apparently, according to Jeremiah later, bloodlust is bad if someone is really attracted to the other person. Oh. I wanna fuck you and suck your blood. <laughs> In a sexy, sexy way. In a sexy Sexy way. Finally, it's almost ice challenge time. 
The other school years have their challenges, which include team transfiguration races and lots of bonkers mind power stuff like misting and weather control. But for some reason, the ice challenge seems like the worst and most difficult. So let's give the first years. Countess Fasano arrives, and Dylan, as VE, is asked to escort her around. He asks her a lot of basic questions, and she's impressed by him, even though he's basically a moron. But he's kind of precious at the same time. It's Plus, the accent. Who doesn't and, love an Irish accent? And everybody loves him for his blood, so mm. whatever. Dum, 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 dum. Using her extra special mind powers, Countess Fasano tells Dylan he needs to get himself and his powers under control and quickly because people are after him. Before they separate, Dylan asks about Cora's brother, but the only thing the Countess says is that he's an exceptional vampire. He tells Cora this later, thinking she's going to be disappointed, but she's not! She now knows that her brother is alive! Yay! Yay for present tense instead of past tense! After a blood-drinking ceremony, the students are broken up into teams for the ice challenge. Dylan will leave Cora, Shardia, Aster, Jeremiah and Frederick, and Bram gets Ace, Aaron, Vic, Celeste and Angelo. The challenge is very difficult, includes running down a mountain, finding a hidden clue, following the clue to a hidden package that could contain cocaine and blood, if this were like in the real world, and that is under the ice lake, retrieving it and returning to school first, all whilst being tracked by drones and maybe attacked by rogue vampires. It's busy, you know, it's it's very busy. uh, Meanwhile, the second years are turning into bats. And having a race. Bat! (laughs) I wish. (laughs) Dylan's team manages to win, even though he almost drowns under the lake and is almost killed and or kidnapped by a real rogue vampire. He also manages to save Bram's life during this attack after realising with his mind powers that Bram was badly injured. But he has to give him his blood to do so, which is forbidden. Bram doesn't tell anyone, though Madame Duplege and Countess Fasano seem to know anyway. You know what? Everyone's just having a day. It's just a day, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Shouldn't be getting out of bed. No. After the challenge, students are awarded prizes depending on how well they did. Sade, Celeste, Jeremiah, and Angelo earn pins, while Bram, Cora, and Asta earn tattoos. After other students in other years earn pins and tattoos too, Dylan thinks he's not going to get anything. But then, shocking no one, he is awarded the top prize, a full-color tattoo imbued with ancient vampire blood. Everyone is either super impressed or super jealous. Dylan calls his da later to tell him, but he already knows and says that Dylan's m- uh, Madame Duplege told him. What an interesting slip to make. Hmm. You're ma- m- oh, That's my um, Irish accent coming through. Madame Duplege. Soon, it's ski trip time, the last challenge of the school year. The students are taken to a ski resort and sent into bars full of humans and are expected to blend in. 
Dylan leads Cora, Jeremiah, Frederick, Angelo, Asta, and Celeste, while Bram leads Shardy, Big Ace, and Aaron. Bram's group is smaller because the bar they're going to is smaller. They split up, and immediately Dylan's group starts sexually drinking vodka out of ice sculptures that look like naked bodies, ooh, and riling up all the humans sexually, whilst loudly calling them humans and talking about blood sexually. Dylan tries to stop them, but everyone's like, dude, you're so boring, and they keep drinking. Eventually, he lets go of some of his inhibitions, and Cora leads him off into an igloo where they have sex and bite each other. And why impressed. why is this a challenge for the first years do you think why? they just want to give the first years all the hard challenges to hopefully kill them off so they've got less students later on maybe because this is insane and it's also very very stupid yes I agree the entire bar scene just ugh I have no words. I hate only, it. only groans. I can only I groan it. in frustration and and annoyance by it. Yes. Anywho, when Dylan and Cora return separately, everything has gone to shit. Oh no! All the vampires are failing spectacularly at being human, despite wearing sunglasses, and everyone's either fighting or extremely aroused or both. Dylan manages to get everyone under control just for someone to scream and find a dead body with her throat ripped out. Oh, great! Chiro arrives soon, followed by the other professors, and the ski trip is cut short. Upon arrival at school, and after speaking to police at the resort and compelling them and covering up the violent murder as a wolf attack, it is discovered that Dylan's blood was found on the corpse. So he is immediately condemned, isolated, and put on trial that would lead to his death. What? Wow! This is really fast! Yeah, I mean, to be fair, their democracy is based on having a drink of somebody's blood. So do you honestly think their judicial system is going to be any more considered? No, but it it is wildly fast. It's literally... Ah, dead body. And then you hear the slam of the jail cell door. Yes. (laughs) Well, only a few people believe that Dylan is not responsible, which is to be expected. But Dylan finds out that Jeremiah told everyone that he confessed to draining the girl in an attack of bloodlust and trying to heal her with his blood. What? That did not happen, like, at all. What, Jeremiah? How could you? Shardy, Chiro, and Professor Tukan begin to work to clear his name, but soon several ancient vampires arrive for the trial and take Dylan to the top of a mountain to cast judgment. Yeah, that's not a clear intent. <sighs> anyway, it's clear that someone is setting Dylan up, and that all the parents and Mr. Hunt want him to be expelled and put to death. Because they're all fucking racists. And then Celeste, Jeremiah, and Mr. Hunt all testify that Dylan is a murderer. This all happens very quickly as well. It's so fast. Dylan is allowed to call upon three of his own witnesses to prove his innocence, but he only asks for Chiro, who says he didn't see it happen, but he was flying around as a bat most of the trip. Dylan refuses to call on Cora because he doesn't want to sully her reputation. 
But she comes clean anyway. Bram is disappointed in her, and Dylan feels really bad about sleeping with her, but what's done is done. Dylan wants to ask for Countess Fasano to read his mind, but she refused to attend the trial. Since Dylan's witnesses aren't good enough and no one believes him anyway, it's determined that he will die by being drained. Just as an ancient vampire begins to suck Dylan's blood, he notices the necklace that belongs to Dylan's mother. He knows whose necklace that is, but shrugs it off and begins to drink anyway. Shardy and Professor Dukan then arrive with evidence that Dylan was framed. Dylan's blood that was found at the scene was old blood and, as has previously been determined, his blood is special and constantly changing and getting stronger. The blood that was found was the sample Shardia took. She intended on sending it to her sister for testing, but it disappeared, and she was afraid she drank it in a fit of bloodlust. But actually, Celeste stole it. <gasps> what? Gasp. Found with the old blood was one of Celeste's fang diamonds. <gasps> what? She Shock. is the murderer and was setting Dylan up because she hates him because he's a dampier and she is a massive racist. She also compelled Jeremiah to lie. What a dick. Uh. Celeste's father is there and he yells at his daughter, but Dylan is mentally connected to her and learns that her father was working on a vaccine for vampires so they wouldn't have to drink blood. But that's what Dylan's blood does all on its own. So clearly Dylan would ruin his billion dollar pharmaceutical plans, so he had to die. <laughs> Dylan shares his intuition and Madame de Plege backs him up, so he's no longer condemned to die. But Celeste is. Dylan tells everyone that it's her father's fault, so she is spared. But she wishes that she would have been killed instead. Everyone starts to go back to the school after this, and Jeremiah apologizes for being compelled. But Dylan's going to need time to recover from such a betrayal. Cora and Bram go off together, which hurts Dylan. But then Sade is there, and they hold hands, and they fly back to the school. Dylan wakes up in the middle of the night, completely exhausted from all the terrible events. But he realises he's no longer in his room. He's now on a ship, but still in a coffin. Chiro is there, and also his da, who introduces Dylan to his mother, who has whisked him away for his protection. Dylan's mother is... Countess Fasano. <gasps> Not really. She tells him that he'll be able to return to school after things cool down, but this time he'll be there as the son of the most powerful vampire in the world. Mm. End of book one. Everyone take a break. Go and, you know, drink some blood. Have some sex. Look at a ball sack. <laughs> Go and do some democratic we'll... voting via blood. Yes. Imagine Hillary Clinton <laughs> as the most, the world's most powerful Inuit vampire. <laughs> now I want to make oh. that into a t-shirt. 
We're taking a break for a second. <laughs> Hi, this is Leah Stuhler, creator and host of YA Book Chat Podcast. If you love reading young adult books and chatting about them with your friends, then head on over to my podcast and take a listen. Each episode, my guests and I chat about a different YA book. We start spoiler-free and then head into our spoiler section where we dive into the mysteries of each book. And we do it with laughs and fun along the way. You can listen to YA Book Chat on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and wherever you get your podcast. And now back to the show. None of it was fabricated. <laughs> laughing about ball sack. <laughs> like that is, that's all I could hear. Yeah. That's all I could hear. Ball sack. Like, it did not sound like Borzak at all. No, there was no R. There was no R sound Borzak. at all. Bolak. When you want to do a bad Russian accent, but you forget the R's. Bolak. Bolsak. 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 My terrible Russian accent. Bolsak. 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 Yeah. Yeah, it's Bolsak. I don't know. Bolsak. Bolsak. MMA fighter. Just own it. Bolsak. Yeah. His name's Bolsak. Balzac. Can that's that's gonna be the name of the Facebook testicle from now on. <gasps> testicle in the ugly hat. Balzac. <sighs> or Borzac. Should it be Borzac or Balzac? We need to decide. It needs to I mean, how do you even know what you're saying? There's no difference. No. Balzac or Balzac? <laughs> okay. Is that so, is that your standout moment? <laughs> yes, Balzac. The the paragraph talking about Balsack getting punched and all of that that was happening, that's my favorite. That's my favorite thing to have happened because you were broken. And I'm really sad that you muted your microphone because everyone who's watching this video, which is everyone, everyone can watch this video, by the way, they got they missed out on it. They missed out on you laughing, and it would have been amazing. It would have been too loud and too long. It was amazing, Claire. Well, people just have to watch it to see me dying a slow death. (laughs) It was amazing. (laughs) So, despite, like, how just, like, bad this summary was, I, like, I... For some reason, like, I like the story. I like the idea of the school and the Dompier having vampire powers. And like, I just, I like the idea of all of it. But this is, this is the author's first book, yeah? I think it is, yeah. This is, this is 1,000 percent a debut and so like i want to read the rest of it because surely it'll get better there are really good ideas the idea is good it's nicole rn's only book on goodreads 
So it's safe to say, yes, it is probably her first published book. So, I mean, good job getting published with this. And let's just, like, tighten it up for books two and three. Because I like the story. I don't really like how any of it happened. But I like the idea of it. I I like... I like the principle, but not necessarily the execution. Yes. Um, it was too busy. There was too it, well, much. I, there were too many characters. Yeah. I think there was too many characters. There was too much going on. Um, I, it needed tightening up. Did we need all three challenges and the trial? Did the challenges no, it need felt, to be so it, crazy? It felt like the trial was rushed because of yeah. all of the challenges. And I really don't like I it doesn't it doesn't make sense to me that and I've already talked about this in the summary that the first year's challenges were so fucking hard. And the other people are just turning into bats. Yeah. Like not that that's that's probably very difficult as well. But your job your your challenge is to turn into a bat and have a race, but these guys are literally underwater for 40 minutes, and then they have to fly around in the air and fight with people after running down a mountain. And then, it's just, it doesn't make a lot of sense. No, it was it was too busy for me. Like, like we've said, there's too many people. There was a lot of lore thrown in all at once, mixed in with a, a huge cast of characters. Yeah. To the point where I felt the story was getting a bit lost. Like, yeah. I, I wanted it to be establish Dylan, establish the Dampier and Vampire Society, establish that his blood is unique and it is evolving, and that the vast majority of the parents are racist against Dampiers, but also establish how rare a Dampier is. I didn't get that impression, just that they didn't like them. Um, and also put a bit more mystery around his mother. Because yeah. oh, that annoyed me that it was it was as soon as Countess Fasano was mentioned, that's his mum. As the second it came out it, of Madame Duplessis' mouth. It was well. That's his mother's coming to visit. That bothered me so much because she was clearly trying to force you to think that it was Madame Duplessis. Obviously, it's Countess Fasano. Exactly. Obviously, it was. It there was there was literally no mystery there. None. Even though there were, you know, red herrings of it being, like, nah. Nah, dog. Nah. As soon as you mention Hillary Clinton, you're like, oh, that's his mom. Yeah. The most powerful vampire in the world. Of course that's going to be his mother. Because they also mention, like, oh, no, no female vampire has ever been able to have a child before so who's it gonna be obviously countess Fasano, the most powerful vampire in the world do you know what i would have liked um i would have liked if 
Dylan's dar could have been in a little bit more to give him like stories about his mother and Dylan as a baby. So he's kind of got this preconceived notion of who his mother is or something about his mother rather than absolutely nothing in a necklace. Like, have that kind of like, he's always dreamed about his mother being this person or that person. Like, he always thought it was um, the the, the village pub's uh, landlord's daughter or something like that. You know, have something kind of established where he thought, well, I always thought my mother was... A girl from from his from college or somebody who moved away from the village, and now I found out that she's a vampire. Yeah, have like have some kind of context apart from I didn't know who my mum is, and now it turns out she's a vampire, and that's it. I didn't have any kind of build up or that desire to find out who the mother was, and it certainly at the end was not the big oh my god, it's the countess. Because it was just so freaking obvious. Yeah. It really, really was. Which was a bit disappointing, actually. Like, give us a big reveal. You know, Bram. Hello, Bram. Come on. Really? You go with Bram. Was an obvious dickhead. And it was just a bunch of mean girls. I I struggled with this. Yeah, well, they're... There were too many characters. There were too many characters that had, like, speaking roles and did important things. Like, we need we need Jeremiah yes. for the, you know, for the backstabbing. Because, like, Jeremiah, my, he might have been my favorite character. Which he is, was. I guess, also a surprise that I have because I like a lot of the characters. But there's so many of them. They're unnecessary. But, like, I like Jeremiah. And I also like Sade. And I also like Angelo. And, like, Fred and Aaron are funny in the background. I like all of them. But it's just so much. Yeah. And also, I I should have, I should have read this one. After I started listening to the audiobook, I should have just put it aside. I should have put the audiobook aside and read it instead because I did not like the audiobook. Like, some of the characters were fine. Dylan, great. Dylan's narration, fantastic. Even Madame Dupledge, yeah, she's all right. It's a man playing a woman, but that's fine. Jeremiah got a little racist. Yeah. Bick was violently Australian for some reason. <laughs> With no description of that in her character. At least Jeremiah's, like, Caribbean voice was described in the text. Like, yeah, he's he is from that region. His skin color matches. Like, that's fine he that is where he is it from was correct yeah. it was correct but Bick is just a person and she's like oh g'day mate i got my glasses on yeah <laughs> like what what the heck unless there's been a conversation with like the author and the author has been able to confirm out of book that yeah Bick's australian it's going to come up in the second book or something 
it was it was a choice that was made and it was a choice it was odd but i also found that the narration was really old school it was like i mean i've been listening to audiobooks for <coughs> the amount of years uh-huh back in page voyals back when they were on cassette tape yes I I listen to them on I listen to them on vinyl. I still have audiobooks on vinyl. Um so I've been listening to them for a long, long time and it reminded me of audiobooks from the probably late nineties, early noughties. It was I don't know. It's it just felt very old school. Um and I just I didn't quite gel with it. But I also, I just, I didn't have time when I listened to it to sit down and change to the book. So I, I muscled through on the audiobook yeah. at high speed. Um, Angelo also really bothered me. I just, because... did, I just didn't enjoy the audiobook narration. No, I didn't great. like, but I liked Angelo's character. You know, and he's over there constantly struggling with wanting to lick Dylan. I mean, but... to be fair, I also think that's part of the Angelo character. Did we need Angelo? No, probably not. Did we need Bick? Did we need Aaron and Asta? Did we need Fred? <laughs> there was, no! There was, yeah, there's too many people. Too, too big a cast of characters. Too much rammed in. Far too much time taken on the challenge. Like the especially the ice challenge for me, I was getting a little bored. Um and not enough time at the trial. Yeah. It should have been simpler, tighter challenges. Have the three, fine. Have the three. But make the challenges tighter. Let's cut down a little bit on the sexy times. And this is a person who enjoys listening to romance and I'll listen to erotica. I don't mind a bit of sexy times. Yeah. But in this book, it, it was getting... It was... It was getting beyond a stereotype. Yeah. And that was my problem. If it was, have a sexy vampire, that's fine. I'll enjoy a sexy vampire. And I'll enjoy a sexy vampire having sexy times. But this was beyond a stereotype. It was like, right, it's a bunch of teenagers who probably, for the first time, they're out of their parents' house. What are they are going to do? They're going to fuck all the time. Well, I don't actually think that's necessarily the case. You, there are going to be some of them, mm-hmm. but not all of them. You aren't automatically yeah. going, ah, I'm naked now. Yeah, because it especially feels like they may have been living in boarding schools their entire lives because they're obviously, you know, socially elite one percent. Um, but it's it's just like oh, we have no morals or qualms about being naked all the time, so just let your dingle dangle out. How weird is that too? Because they're all like freshly eighteen, more or less. Well. I and mean, Celeste is like, it's totes fine to be naked all the time. And we all look at each other naked all the time. Like, you're still a child. You're still a child. Who has taught you this? Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, from the point of view that, you know, it is legal from 16 in the UK and probably in the vast majority of Europe as well. Um, 
That doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. But I, I, but, so I can, but I, I, I just, I couldn't gel with that. There was just, it was those little, nig- little niggly things, those things that just bothered me. Yeah. But you, <laughs> what the, my problematic parts, and I don't mean to talk negatively about this book, but when I was listening to it, I was like, I, I I said to the book club, you need to you need to read this one because I need to talk about it, and I think it's to try and justify my own thoughts and feelings about it. Yeah. Um. And <laughs> Madame Dupleche, the beginning at the when they drink the blood from her. Uh huh. Right. It was extremely sexual. Okay. It was highly charged. I think one of them had an erection. They were all getting aroused. Yeah, and from I their f- how freaking inappropriate! You're drinking so from your teacher, who is over a hundred years old. She so not only is she, she. I mean, the main issue she is an authority figure. She is a grown ass adult in a, a position of authority, getting you to drink her in a highly sexually charged situation. You're being groomed. So, wrong. I was cringing, and when that yeah. was at the beginning of the book, I was like, "Oh no, oh no!" Yeah, I was genuinely concerned by what else I was going to be reading, and thankfully, it doesn't really go past that. Thankfully, yeah, but I did not think that was great. No, I feel like we could have seen Madame Duplage because it's their, like, exchange of blood at the beginning. Like, she was using her intuitive, her in, she was using her Inuit powers. She was using her powers of intuition to, like, get a vibe from them while they were feeding from her. But I don't know, I just feel like that could have been done in a, diff- in a different way. It could have been done she, a lot more clinical. She could have had a sit-down, one-on-one conversation with each student. And yeah, okay, maybe they'll drink your blood because they need to, for whatever reason. But do they need to drink from your inner thigh? No! You know, it was... That was super weird. It was completely cringy and creepy and I did not like it. Like you say, they have a sit down one on one and drink, you know, have a blood exchange. It could be from a cup, and it, or it could be you prick the finger and you take a drink that way, and you yeah. have the taste that way. Do you need to? Do you need to go that far? And I no. felt like it was setting a tone for the rest of the story. That I was like, this is going to be dodgy yeah like this is going into but this could go into a very bad place and i'm glad it stuck there and that was it and then all we had to deal with was the massive amounts of racism towards dante is um but yeah i did not i I, that was weird and creepy and yeah yeah um (laughs) i like the fact that dylan is male we had a male protagonist. Me too. Yes, I know. A second male protagonist. I loved that. I also yes. like, I also like the fact he was Irish as well. It makes a nice change. Yes. So I did appreciate that. I enjoyed the different take on the Dampier, that everybody saw him as weak, but actually 
ha twist he could be the most powerful vampire dampier ever ha take that you dickheads the ve i get you have a student council student rep and I understand that the way that the two, you know, in a vampire society, you're going to choose it by the one that has the strongest blood. I get yeah. that, but the the blood democracy to one side. He just kept going, "Oh, I'm ve, I'm ve," and Bram's like, "Oh, I want to be ve." What the fuck are you doing, mate? You're doing literally nothing. It's not yeah. like you're representing on like a student council. It's not like anybody's coming to you with their concerns. It's not like you sit in the teachers to address school issues. You are just labelled no. VE and everybody's like, oh, I want to be VE. And it's like, well, tough titties. He's VE. He's got a better blood than you. You're stuck. Yeah, the only... What's the point? It seems the only point of being VE is so Cora and Celeste could manipulate him and use him. Yeah. It was hollow. If you're going to make a title, if you're going to put so much emphasis on it and give this whole protracted um, blood-tasting scene in, give me a point. Yeah. And it was- they kind of... It's It kind of comes into play at the ski trip. They're like, well, you're the VE. You should be able to get this shit under control. Why, I really how? feel like that was all just like a huge setup. Yeah, all of it. I felt like everybody was in on that one. Yeah, and uh, oh my god, that entire bar scene where they're drinking the vodka from the ice sluices from the nipples, and it's like, <sighs> what fucking bar are they at that has sex igloos and? Ice sculptures with boobs and dicks out that you suck on. What fucking bar is this that you're sending your students to? Yeah, it was just, like I say, it's it's a stereotype. Turned to 11 and made ick. And I did not gel with that. And I'm, I don't want to say it's because I'm an adult reading YA I don't think that isn't the problem. This yet. doesn't. I this doesn't feel. This poor. doesn't feel YA to me, though. No, and I felt very. It felt like poor writing. It's her first book. It is, I, and I will grant her that she has a, a lot to learn. But also, it's her first book, and there are a team of editors when it's a published bit of fiction that also need to pick up on these and go. It's a bit weird, you know. There's yeah. a team behind the book, not just yeah. one. I'm not putting this onus on the author at all. There is a team responsible for this yeah, someone, freaking weird, creepy awkwardness. Someone should have held her hand and been like, babe, this, this part, we got to tone it down. Yeah. You got to tone it down or you need to age these characters up. And they need, like, I know that you want it to be in a boarding school, but... Cringe. Yeah. Okay. Um. On the funny side, it turns out Big Farmer was the bad guy, <laughs> which we that. all knew, anyways. 
I did enjoy that quite a bit. I did like did that. enjoy that quite I a bit. I did like that a lot. Um, it, I'm hoping it, in the second book because I think we have established well that we fucking hate Cora. I I'm gonna say I'm gonna jump a little bit to my surprises, but it's, I want I want your. I take already on this. said my surprise like 48 minutes ago. Well, exactly, but I, I'm gonna jump to mine as well and say that Dylan's attraction to Cora, I don't get it. I don't, don't get understand it. it. It makes no I don't get it. sense. She was a horrible person. She, why? Please, somebody explain it to me. And I think I don't I'm going to have makes... to ask the book club if they understand why. I just do not get it. It makes no sense. I mean, there is clearly a spark between them because they're always like, oh, the electricity. Oh, blah, 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 blah. But why? I don't get it. There's nothing. Like, I can understand a relationship building between Dylan and Sade. Yes. Because they spend time together more than once or twice on a rooftop and once fucking in an igloo. They have... Dylan and Sade have an actual relationship where, you know, they're helping each other and they have conversations. There's there's conversation and there's and there's friendship. But Cora I don't get it. I mean, does is it just the way she looks? Cause she's got a nose ring? Cause she's badass? Like, I don't get it. She's not badass. She's fucking annoying is what she is. And it's just so transparent as well. You know, Bram and Dylan both know that she is only with them to get something. Yeah. And I get that. That's fine. If If you want to be that empowered, if you want to do that, and you want to make sure that the people that you're with understand that you're in a relationship with them for for your own means, and those means are X, Y, and Z, because they're getting what they're getting from it fine fine but everybody just seemed to think she was absolutely amazing for no freaking reason and she was being horrible she was horrible absolutely she horrible. was 100 percent horrible and you see her being horrible not only with the way she treats dylan and bram but like what's her name the 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 year three leader oh, God something with an m i can't remember but she and it's it's mentioned there's different types of vampires and there's different there's a different hierarchy which i enjoyed i thought that was really neat because there's like the ancient vampires and they have a pure bloodline and then there's the ancient vampires who have married like newer vampires so they're not ancient and then they have a bloodline. And then there's people who are humans who were turned into a vampire, which how do you do that? Mm. That's not explained at all, except for the fact that the teacher was a hippie and there was a ball sack. But how, how does that happen? Why does that happen? Explain that a little bit. And then you have... No, those are at the very bottom. Humans turned vampires are the lowest of the low, the trashest of the trash. And But Dompiers are above them. Yeah. And it's mentioned that Dompiers, all of the Dompiers that exist in the world, uh, have a vampire father. 
and a human mother. Because the mother can't, like, you know, her lady parts don't work. A vampire lady parts don't work, so she can't have a baby. But she did, in this case, and also, you know, Renesmee. always comes back to Renesmee. Well, that's the thing. Like, I enjoyed the lore and I would have liked to have taken out some of the complexity of the challenges to increase the trial and taken out some of the characters to increase the lore. I would have liked to take out some of the classes and have Dylan attend Vampire History. Yes. Yeah. That would have been a great way to get all of this information clear yeah. for the readers. I agree. I agree. It was... We don't need to have a sexy rolling around in the dry ice. Whatever that was. And all of the times that they were in the ring with ball sack getting punched in the face, punching ball sacks like that, we could have done with out those yeah it was yeah i think i think if we had gotten rid of ballsack it wouldn't have been so bad no but at the same time i think i would have missed ballsack i mean yeah i probably would have missed ballsack too after the fact but if i feel like ballsack's classes were the worst unnecessary oh they're completely but i think that's it the things that were important were either like the history missed out or cut short like the trial and things that weren't really as important like the challenges and the list of characters were kept in. I mean, when the parents come in as well, it's like, oh, let's just add in a few more people. It's like, oh my God, it's too many. It's so many people. I, 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 st- I, I was losing patience with trying to remember. I couldn't tell you the names of the parents other than Celeste's dad was there, Bram's dad was there. You know, I just... Although I just didn't... It, it was lost in the, in the mess. Yeah. But saying all that, it was an enjoyable read. Yeah. It was fun. I want to continue reading the trilogy. I want to know what happens. What happens to Dylan? Dylan was a good character. He was interesting. He was a genuinely nice guy. He was a genuinely nice guy. He has something, and you want to know what that something is. Why is he so special? Why is his blood so rare? How are we going to use his blood? Is he going to be able to help people? What's going to happen with Dylan's story? I want to know, but I don't really care. I don't care about, about the other I hope stuff. Laura does not come back. I, I, if he's going to have a love interest, can we, can we have Sade, please? I would love for it to be Sade. I will. But then they hold the hands. They hold hands and fly away at the end. But then when he's on the fucking ship and he's like, oh, well, I just left all of my friends behind. I wonder what Cora's doing. Like, ah! Ugh. No, stop thinking about Cora. What has she done to you? Can we find out, please, that Cora is like the ultimate evil? 
or something and she's going to do something and she's been manipulating him the whole time, I would be okay with that. I'd be very okay with that. I would also be okay if she was left dead on a mountainside. Do not... I do... I... 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 Yeah. Okay. Okay. Should we move on? Should we play Would You Rather? Yeah. We asked. You're a vampire. Yay! Yay. And you've decided to fancy up your fangs. Would you rather engrave them with an intricate design or cover them in gold and or diamonds? Well, on Facebook, 71% are engraving. On Instagram, 60% are covering them with gold or diamonds. And on TikTok, 75% are engraving. We had loads of comments. We had so many comments this time and I'm really pleased. I'm glad. Mm. Brie on Facebook said, I want the teeth tattoos, but I would take my time to pick a good design. It's on me literally forever, after all. Vincent on Facebook said, I'd go with the gold. If you get them engraved, they're going to be harder to keep clean. The blood is going to get in, is going to ingrain itself into the grooves, and it's hard enough keeping regular teeth clean when you drink coffee slash Pepsi Max slash Diet Coke. I'm drinking water. Well. And it's fine, I could go. I close my door. Constance on Facebook said, Y'all know how I'm all about tattoos, hair dyeing, pretty much anything to decorate your body to make it best represent yourself. Both options are cool, but I'd be more into intricate engravings. Cody on Facebook said, I wouldn't trick my fangs, but my wardrobe may be. Well, that's not an option. Nope. Colin on Facebook said, I'll have the engraved gnashes, please. It looks so cool having the blood run through the intricate walls and designs. Bling them out with gold and jewels just feels like you're asking for someone to kick them when you're passed out with a belly full of blood. I like a nap when I'm full, so I definitely definitely have a little sleep after I'm filled up. Naps are great. Naps are great. Fiona on Facebook says, I love these conundrums. Now, usually I would go for the art as I love a tattoo. However, not on my teeth. Shudder. So golden diamonds for me. Coral on Facebook said, love a good filigree pattern with some stars and moons in front as well. Drew on Facebook says, engraving on teeth sounds painful. And I think the fang caps are pretty cool. Prince Kaifer and Pod on Instagram said, I like the idea of a subtle design. Circle bloodlines, golden tattoos. But not on the face. Well, I suppose it's oh, face tattoo. Face tattoos! <laughs> Glim Glam Jen on Instagram says, Sparkle Team! Oh, this is the best response, though. <laughs> I really need sparkle teeth. Designs are fine, but... These are the teeth of a killer, Bella. (laughs) (laughs) Can we agree that Glim Glam Jen has won the comments? That's the best answer. We need to send Glim Glam Jen a prize for that one, I think. I think we do. I think we do. Lindsay Clare on Instagram said, I would just want my fangs to be diamonds, not all of my teeth. That would be too much dental work. I already (laughs) went through enough with braces. Oh. Oh. Mm. Oh. Candy Millwood on Instagram says diamond fangs. Is this even a question? 
Yeah, it is. It a is. You asked a question. There was a clear question mark at the top. Yeah. And you answered it, so thank you. <laughs> what did the library say? The library had some good things to say this time. Some quite good things, actually. Um, someone printed out a picture of gold-capped fangs and stuck that on the wall, which I appreciated. Um Someone said, ooh, yes, gold-tipped fangs, yes. Uh, you ever seen Queen of the Damned? Who Design. I feel like gold-slash-diamonds would make me look like a SoundCloud rapper. <laughs> I need to find out who answered that one because they also need a prize. They also spend far too much time on SoundCloud. Yes, they do. Um, someone else said diamonds are a vamp's best friend. And then diamonds, I like the sparkle and would feel designs might look like food on my teeth. So <laughs> all really good responses this time. So good. There's so many good answers. Yes. And I love that they were very different. What are you going to do? I'm... Um... For the simple fact that metal in a mouth freaks me the hell out, and I like feel sick at the thought of metal in my mouth, it has to be engraving. Yeah. Like even if I know it's capped on teeth and stuff, no, no. And I didn't have braces as a child, so I haven't, you know, had to experience that kind of thing. I think closest is having fangs in now. But yeah, no, it has to be the engravings just because I'm less likely vomit everywhere. <laughs> yeah, I feel like the engraving is it's more badass. Mm. I feel like than than just like a gold tooth or a diamond attached to your tooth. I mean, that just seems like it would be really tacky. Yeah, it looks cheap. Yeah. Um, and also, I feel like their fangs are very big, the way they're described sometimes. Like, when they're trying not – they're trying to keep their fangs retracted, you know, and that's – their fangs pop out whenever they're around blood, right? Yeah. And their fangs pop out. And there are mentions of the fangs popping out and, like, pressing into their lower lip. And they're lisping all the time, so it's just like, are they like walruses? Yeah. Are they walrus teeth? Yes. Or saber-toothed tiger. Yeah. I feel like they're comically large. Yeah. So if I had those, you'd have more space to engrave. You can do a really cool and intricate design. So I'm engraving them. I'm engraving my teeth. Yeah, same. Same. Can we move on because the idea of metal in my mouth is freaking me out? yeah yeah we can um so the next question has a lot of responses because as we mentioned there are too many characters in this book so um this one is would you rather be roommates with insert list of all 12 students here shade shade yeah i think she's got her head screwed on and she doesn't want to do sexy times all the time she likes yeah. to read. Uh, she yeah. likes to do research. She's inquisitive. I think she'd probably enjoy puzzles and gaming as well. 
Yeah. Uh, I feel like I could hang out in Starbloods, which I still love the name. Um, and just like chat. I think she's probably the most personable. So unless I'm going to go with Jeremiah, who I love Jeremiah. I think he was a Jeremiah, I think for all of the exact same reasons yeah. that you just said. Well, you have Jeremiah and I'll have Shardy and then we can just like oh, have sleepovers great. together. Yeah, that would be really fun. I really liked Jeremiah. He was yeah. he was a good guy. When he came out at the trial against Dylan, I was like, oh no! I felt actually very hurt by that. I'm offended. Yes. Don't, don't do that, Jeremiah. You're a nice guy. Yeah. Especially on the way, you know, when when Dylan is actually explaining what really did happen. Which he did tell him. I mean, he didn't say in so many words, like, yeah, we were just fucking in that igloo. But Jeremiah knows Dylan. And he's like, yeah, I see you leave with Cora and you come back all starry-eyed. Like, something's going on. But the fact that Dylan told him what went on... Then he's like, oh, yeah, he totally told me that he accidentally killed that girl. And then he felt bad about it. So he used his blood to try to heal her. Like, that, it was really hurtful. And I I appreciate the fact that Dylan didn't just immediately forgive him. You know, he's like, yeah, it's it's cool. I understand that you were compelled to lie. And it's not your fault, but still, like, yikes, man, you're my best friend. Yeah. That's rough. But I'm still going to pick him because I like him the best. Would you rather fly in the vertical tunnel or the horizontal tunnel? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go the horizontal tunnel because... I'm going to I'm going to use my powers as lord and master of my own would you rather and say that I already know how to fly and I'm not just being thrown in the first time by a teacher that hates my guts out. Um but I feel like trying to fly fast would be more fun. Yeah. than like going up and down. And also, you know, like the whole heights thing, I don't like it, so I don't I don't want to I don't want to go high up in the air. That's fair. I'm I'm picking horizontal tunnel too for the same reasons you did. Give me speed. Yeah. I thought that was really cool how they like you can fly at these certain speeds and and they do that in the wind tunnel. I thought that was neat. There were so many neat and interesting and good <laughs> things about this book. I feel like we've spent the majority of our time completely trashing it, but there really were good things in it. The thing is, though, it's a trashy book, but it's a compelling read. I am recommending people read this. I genuinely am recommending people read this. There is a 99.99% chance that we are going to cover the other books in the trilogy. Of course we are. Of course we are, because... You don't have to take... Sometimes you just need a a vampire book that you do not take seriously. Yeah, sometimes you just need to read a trashy book. Uh Uh-huh. And this is is a trashy book, but the best kind of trashy book. Yeah. It's not going to change your world. No. But 
it's not going to open up a new dawn of vampire fiction. But no. it's, you're going to have a fun time reading it. Yes. Anywho. Next question? Next question. Now it's my turn. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> you're like staring at me and I'm like, yeah, Claire, go ahead and read the next fucking question. What are you waiting on? Duh. Duh, Claire, it's your turn. Duh. I no, think I turn. think we're crashing Amanda. That that daft half an hour has turned into a crash. I really need Cora to kiss me so I can get a boost. Yes, Cora. Get your ass over here and smooch us up. It's only Would you rather Ugh, that was so stupid. Would you rather go to combat, hunt, and protect class or mind powers class? Mind powers class, because I want to blow shit up with my mind. I want to mist. I want to mist. Mm, That would be fun. That would be fun. I also did... I just want to be able to, like, use my force powers... Yeah, yeah. I just, I want to pick mind powers too because I don't want to hang out with a ball sack. Oh, I, I like Chiro though. I did bat. like Chiro. Bat! I liked Chiro, and I'm glad that he was there on the ship at the end. Yeah. He's it, Chiro. He's another character that I really, really like. Sam. Sam. But. He was he was good. But <sighs> Yeah. Would I you see rather Yes. Would you rather compete in the flying challenge or the ice challenge or the ski trip challenge? Oh, Can we just say it not the ski trip challenge because it was stupid? I don't yeah, I don't want to go on the sexy ski trip. I'm going to pick the flying challenge because that ice challenge was just convoluted and cold and wet. <laughs> At least the flying challenge, I can do loop loops and go fast. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to agree with you because the other, the ice challenge just, it was too much. It was too much. That's That's a third year challenge. That is not a first year challenge at all. So yeah, I'm going to do the flying challenge too. Even though I don't love heights, but I do want to fly in the horizontal tunnel and be fast. But the thing is, though, in this would you rather, if you've got the ability to fly because you're a vampire, you're not going to have that for your heights either because you can will it away because you are Lord Master of all that you survey. Right, yeah. So I'm going to fly around. I'm going to fly around. I'm going to fly around with Angelo. I'm going to go and save Angelo if I need to because I like D'Angelo. And he needs saving. I'm just going to go really fast. Yeah, it's fine. Or with someone, because you got a buddy. There's a buddy system. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Favorite final thought quote. What you got? I've got a couple. <laughs> Come on, Dylan. Don't be boring. <laughs> He's so nice, though. Come on, Dylan. Don't be boring. Come on, Dylan. Okay, are we doing bad accents now? That's what it sounded like. Come on, Dylan. Okay, the next one is Dylan. 
So I'm gonna have to affect a terrible Irish accent. Idiot. My dad's not fecking Count Dracula. That just sounded like your regular voice. Thanks. But I did. I, you did a good job. You don't sound stupid. I do enjoy doing really terrible, bad Irish accents in, when I'm doing story time with the child. <laughs> and then get to, Mammy, please stop. <laughs> Storybook theatre is a thing in my life. It's an amazing thing. Come on, Dylan. Feckin' Count Dracula. Right, you take over. <laughs> Shit, talk about upping the stakes. <laughs> I only like it because it's a pun. <laughs> I love a pun. Furiously, he kicked himself. What an inarticulate moron. <laughs> This one's actually good. You must stand up for what is right. You can't change something that is wrong by giving up. Way to go, Ducan. Come on, Dylan. Dylan. <laughs> oh, I also like, I can hear your heart, so you clearly still breathe. And I can see the blood in your skin. So what bits are vampire? <laughs> Wink. Sexually. Sexually winking at you. Sexually asking this question. They're so sexual. If you like this, try this. <laughs> what are you going to suggest? Well, the one I was going to suggest was already in the script. So I couldn't suggest that one. You know so I went for something that's not particularly necessarily vampires at all, but it's got Fine. monsters in. Fine. And it's the Twisted Ones by T. Kingfisher. And we like T. Kingfisher. We like T. Kingfisher. And this one sounds fun. When a young woman clears out her deceased grandmother's home in rural North Carolina, she finds long-hidden secrets about a strange colony of beings in the woods. When Mouse's dad asks her to clean out her dead grandmother's house, she says, Yes. After all, how bad could it be? Answer, pretty bad. Grandma was a hoarder, and her house is stuffed with useless rubbish. That would be horrific enough, but there's more. Mouse stumbles across to her step-grandfather's journal, which at first seems to be filled with nonsensical rants, until Mouse encounters some of the terrifying things he described for herself. Alone in the woods with her dog, Mouse finds herself face to face with a series of impossible terrors because sometimes the things that go bump in the night are real and they're looking for you. And if she doesn't face them head on, she might not survive to tell the tale. I think that sounds fun. It does sound very fun. The, the, the hashtag tenuous link is there's trees and something in the woods. Could it be rogue vampires out to get you for your unique blood that is such a hashtag tenuous link could they just be having sexual times sexually 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 could it just be a ball sack in the trees who there's knows? probably a ball sack in the trees who knows <laughs> what have you got sack. and is it more I... more le- it's less hashtag tenuous 
It's less hashtag tenuous link. It's called Youngblood by Sasha Lawrence. And I feel like I've mentioned this before, but I could not find it going back and searching through other things that we've suggested. But I swear we've talked about this one before. But you know what? Very familiar. It sounds very familiar. And even the cover looks very familiar. But I'm going to read it again if I did read it before. But I don't think that I did. But I'm going to share it anyway. Go for it. Cat. Finn and her mother can barely make ends meet living among humans. Like all vampires, they must drink Hema, an expensive synthetic blood substitute to survive, as nearly all of humanity has been infected by a virus that's fatal to vampires. Cat isn't looking forward to an immortal life of barely scraping by, but when she learns, she's been accepted to the Harcourt School, a prestigious prep school that's secretly vampires only. She knows her fortune is about to change. Taylor Sanger has grown up in the wealthy vampire world, but she's tired of its backward conservative values, especially when it comes to sexuality, since she's an out-and-proud lesbian. She only has to suffer through two more years of Harcourt before she's free. But when she discovers her new roommate is Cat Finn, she's horrified. Because she and Cat used to be best friends a long time ago, and it didn't end well. When Taylor stumbles upon the dead body of a vampire and Cat makes a shocking discovery in the school's archives, the two realize that there are deep secrets at Harcourt, secrets that link them to the most powerful figures in vampiredom and to the synthetic blood they all rely on mm. yes yeah yes. sounds really good i'm saying yes as in yes yeah it sounds really good yes it sounds familiar yes it looks familiar i think it's one of these books that we've probably talked about we've probably talked about wanting to cover it yes rather than actually seeing the words on a podcast right yes Anywho, yes. do we have a new in indie spotlight then? Or we do because <laughs> yes, yes we do. And this one has passed through my hands at the library, and I really want to check it out. And I mean, I I bought it. I bought it for the library. I read about it. I knew it was coming, and I didn't put it on hold. And I haven't done anything to read it myself, but I want to read it. It's called Vampires of El Norte by Isabel Cañas. As the daughter of a rancher in 1840s Mexico, Nina knows a thing or two about monsters. Her home has long been threatened by tensions with Anglo settlers from the north, but something more sinister lurks near the ranch at night, something that drains men of their blood and leaves them for dead. Something that once attacked Nina nine years ago. Believing Nina dead, Nestor has been on the run from his grief ever since, moving from ranch to ranch, working as a vaquero. But no amount of drink can dispel the night terrors of sharp teeth. No woman can erase his childhood sweetheart from his mind. When the United States attacks Mexico in 1846, the two are brought abruptly together on the road to war. Nina as a curandera, a healer striving to prove her worth to her father so that he does not marry her off to a stranger, and Nestor as a member of the auxiliary cavalry of ranchers and vaqueros. But the shock of their reunion and Nina's rage at Nestor for seemingly abandoning her long ago is quickly overshadowed by the appearance of a nightmare made flesh. 
And unless Nina and Nestor can work through their past and face the future together, neither will survive to see the dawn. I it held it so in good. my hands. It just came out. Yeah, I held I, it in my hands the other day. I, I found Ugh. it on Monday. I took pictures of it along with a few of the horror books. I remember sending them to you. Go and look at what I found. They look amazing. Yep. Yeah. 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 Okay. That's it for this episode of Fictional Hangover. I'm Amanda. And I'm Claire. Join us next time as we discuss The Graveyard Book by Neil Gaiman. Oh, how fun. I love The Graveyard Book. It's so good. Look out for our Would You Rather polls on social media. Don't forget about our book club and monthly challenges on Facebook. Be sure to visit our shop on Redbubble at fictionalhangover.redbubble.com for all your favorite fictional hangover-themed merchandise and become a patron of ours on Patreon at patreon.com slash fictionalhangover. Until next time, remember, the only cure for a fictional hangover is another book. You can find us at fictionalhangover.com. Follow us on Instagram, threads, TikTok and YouTube at Fictional Hangover. And find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash fictionalhangover. If you like this episode, check out our others and be sure to rate, review and subscribe so you don't miss out. And finally, special thanks to Liz Emerson for our music. You can find her on Facebook and Patreon. Thanks for listening.